Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by supermanhomepage.com. This is show 106, released on October 30th, 2013. My name is Steve Eunice, and joining me as always is my good friend, Scotty V. Hey, Scott. Hello, good morning, good evening, good night, good afternoon. Whatever it is where you are, how is it going? Well, for me, it's going well. I don't know about our listeners. Hopefully, they're doing very well. Um, how's things been for you? Well, uh, it's starting to get a little colder. Mm-hmm. It's not freezing yet, but mm-hmm. uh, in the morning, we have uh, frost on the windows, and I'm waking up now. It's dark outside. I feel like a farmer, uh, <laughs> which is which, which is good for a fan of Superman, I guess, but um, <laughs> I just can't believe the sun's not even up, and you know, another few weeks and we go back to daylight savings and it'll be even darker for longer in the morning. It's, uh, and then it'll be dark at five when, I, when I'm about done with the bus. So uh, it's my time of the year that I, I, do not, I do not really enjoy all that much. Yeah, talking about feeling like you're on a farm, uh, things are, are getting warmer here. But with somebody in the neighborhood, and I live out in the sub- suburbs there, you know, out in a suburban area, someone for a couple of nights there had a rooster in their backyard and it was freaking waking me up at four four thirty in the morning for a couple of days there, which was not fun. But um, thankfully, it seems to have either been uh, taken away or killed. I don't know. But um, I'm not uh, sad to see the well, never saw it, but hear the end of that uh, that little neighborhood neighborhood I friend. Bet. <laughs> nice rooster every day at four. <laughs> and the weird thing is, is that. I've never been anywhere where the sun is up at four, so I'm not really sure what's up with the rooster. Mm. But uh, yeah, you know, I get up at six six thirty now, and I know everybody out there is like, "Wow, he gets up at six thirty! Wow!" Because <laughs> people get up at five to go to work. But uh, for me, six thirty is early, and it's dark out. So uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure four o'clock. I don't know that it's light out anywhere. At four. No. I think the rooster seems a little confused. Yeah, maybe his daylight saving uh, clock hadn't been reset or something. I'm not sure. But um, fun and games. So anyway, let's get into our Superman topics. And uh, off the top, I just want to I want to talk about the uh, Superman 75th anniversary animated short. That two minute animation. Uh, you made a few comments on one of your great Scott segments on the Speeding Bulletin. Um, what did you make of it uh, now that you've you know had some time to let it sink in? Well, you know, uh, for what it was, it was really enjoyable. I like uh, I like obviously hearing the John Williams theme again and and seeing it put to to all of the uh, old covers and and seeing the covers spring to life. You know, as a solely the uh, celebration of comic books and the comic book character of Superman. I thought it was really cool mm. to see that happen because uh, we've never seen, you know, Action Comics number one actually come to life and continue from the frozen moment in time onward. Mm. And then, you know, as time moves forward. So I loved seeing that. And, you know, with the Doomsday movie that came out a few years ago, I think most people were pretty disappointed with the idea that it didn't include any of the Justice League. It didn't include the 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 four supermen it didn't include a lot of the story that had to be cut for time and seeing you know superboy and steel and the eradicator and supergirl all all from that era you know right after we saw you know superman getting punched around by doomsday was really cool and i love the way doomsday looked i wish i wish that he could have looked more like his comic book uh, counterpart in the movie that they actually made oh. or even on justice league it seems like they change him every time they decide to 
animate him for whatever short thing that they're doing. And I don't ever feel I don't I still don't feel like he's ever been done justice. But a lot of the animation looked the best that I've ever seen Superman look in animation because usually on the shows you you're, you're getting as simple animation as you can get because it's a weekly show and they got to get it out really quickly yeah. and they're all budget and time constraints they're on but for this it was only two minutes and i guess they had months and months and 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 uh that was enough time to use the types of animations that they really wanted and then of course seeing christopher reeve animated and seeing george reeves animated uh i miss uh kirk allen not being there dean kane be not being there it seems like a slight brandon routh not being there i know a lot of people weren't happy with some of the renditions we've had over the years but if but if if we're going to include animated animation in other words we got to see um more of the bruce tim animated superman being animated again and we saw the old super friends animation which we already know what that looks like it's old super friends animation but we got to see it again so i would have liked to seen the other live action versions um animated as well and i did like how the john williams theme then transitioned to the uh, man of steel theme and that we saw Henry Cavill at the end. So there was a lot to like. Um, I, I am, as as many people, um, kind of hankering for more of that style, more of that animation, and more animation of Superman in general, which it doesn't look like we're going to get on a regular basis, but we are we are seeing still uh, a lot of these animated films uh, from DC Direct or whatever that still have Superman in them. Yeah, uh, you made mention of the fact that you know, seeing animation animated again... I get, you know, I understand what you're saying there, but I kind of, uh, you know, I don't really get that to a degree because of the fact that this is um, looking at the 75 years of Superman, and cartoons are a big part of that, and this is an animated short paying tribute to the 75 years. So, just because those animations are again being showed in this animated short, it's not really. I mean, if they did a live action tribute. Would you then feel slighted that they included the live action sequences of Superman's history? Well, if it was a live, if it was specifically a tribute to specifically live action, then you would expect to see uh, all of the live action uh, tributes. If it was specifically an animated short that was going to show all the animated incarnations, then you'd expect to see that. So I get what you're saying in that this is a tribute to the entirety of the 75 years. And we're going to see a mixture of all of that, but then I then that then I go to well, if it's a tribute to all of of the seventy five years, and it's an animated tribute, then what I would cut as opposed to cutting other live action um, versions of of the Man of Steel is I would cut uh, seeing animation that we've already seen, and also not that long ago we've seen. Um, a lot of this, the, the animation that they, they put in here is, is kind of readily available. It's all over the place. I guess a lot of the live action is too. Uh, but then when you put in certain actors from the live action, then it almost looks like you're you're purposely leaving others out and you're purposely slighting others. Whereas I don't think animated characters are going to have their feelings hurt if you don't include the animated characters in. Um, and probably Dean Cain didn't even notice, doesn't even know it exists, and doesn't even care. But, uh, you know, I, that's just the way I... And I understand yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. You know, you, you I guess could have you could all look versions of yeah, I guess you could look at it saying from the animated point of view that didn't include things like the Ruby Spears or the Filmation Superman uh, cartoons in there either. So, there, look, you know, we are talking about a two-minute 
animated short that is trying to squeeze in 75 years of Superman history. And I don't think, I don't think it doesn't matter how long they made it, there is always going to be some aspect that somebody's going to look at and say, oh, you didn't include him or you didn't include that. Uh, so, you know, for what it was, I think, it, you know, it was fantastic. I thought it was really well done. Uh, yeah, it would have been nice to have included some of the live-action actors that you've mentioned. Uh, but uh, as I was saying, I think it's uh, pretty hard to squeeze in 75 years into a two-minute uh, feature. Uh, but they, well, that's, they that's true. Well. And I, I, you know, I... I kind of said this on the Great Scott, and I, I, in a way, I feel like it's it's kind of like Bruce Tim patting himself on the back, including Bruce Tim work in there. I mean, he's the artist of this short. It's a, it seems a little cheesy to me, a little off. Uh, there's something a little bit bothersome about it that he made certain to include uh, his own work in there. Well, uh, yeah, that, don't that, forget, this is Zack Snyder's. Project uh, Bruce Tim was obviously the animator and involved there, but I guess uh, Zack Snyder had a lot of input as to what made it into the uh, animated short. So, um, and if Bruce Tim didn't put it put his own in there, then maybe people were saying, "Well, why would Bruce Tim leave his own work out?" Because it just seems it just seems like you're being congratulatory to yourself instead yeah, of instead of allowing the work to stand for itself or you know you're supposed to be paying tribute to 75 years of superman other artists other works other actors other things that have gone on and of course Snyder is doing this and of course man of steel is the big thing this year so that's going to be in there you could also say the same thing about him i suppose um but it just seems a little bit i don't know if 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 a comic book artist was asked to do a tribute to comic book artists that have drawn Superman, and then he included his own work in there. It, 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 it seems like that would be weird to me. Mm, fair enough. I can understand where you're coming from. Uh, but uh, it was really well done. Check out the Superman homepage for our complete um, analysis of the animated short, try, highlighting or trying to highlight all the different little uh, tributes that are included in there. There are a lot of different comic book artists, as you mentioned, whose styles are included in that uh, animated short, everything from animation to live action to uh, even um, the you know the Muhammad Ali versus Superman fight that was in the comics, uh, you know we see Mixie, we see all the different villains, all the different characters. It was interesting that Lara and Jor-El weren't included in there somehow. Well, that's the other thing. So many things weren't included. So many villains weren't included. The destruction of Krypton wasn't included. The rocket ship wasn't included. Uh, the, the Kents finding him, as far as I remember, wasn't included. There was so much that's important to Superman as a character and, and what happened in his comic book, you know, all the way through movies and everything else, that, that to just show random shots of the entire cast of Superman the Animated Series, which I love, seems to be a waste of space when we know all those characters from all the other incarnations and we could have seen, as you say, Jor-El and Lara. We could have seen um, more of Martha and Jonathan. We could have seen uh, more enemies that we didn't see. There's three or four enemies in there, but, I mean, we could have seen Metallo. We could have seen Darkseid. We could have seen... Well, we didn't see um, Darkseid. 
any number of other heroes. Uh, okay, yeah. I, I didn't remember that he was there, but uh, certainly there are more villains than what we saw. Oh, for sure. And 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 uh, I just I, I'm not sure the time. Obviously, it's only two minutes. I, I, and I can't do it, so everybody will say, well, why don't you come out here and try and do it if you could do so much better? I can't do so much better. And it is wonderfully done. I love the music. I love the seamless way each era fades into the next. I love all of it for what it is. I don't think the time was used uh, to the best of the, uh, the to, to the best of its ability most efficiently. I, I feel like a lot was missing in favor of things that I wouldn't have included. But everybody, I guess, is going to have their own opinion. Yeah, no, fair enough, too. Okay, well, talking about Man of Steel being included in that two-minute animated clip, uh, the movie is out on Blu-ray and DVD in some places around the world already. Uh, In America and Canada, it will be out November 12. In Australia, it will be November 6. In the UK, early December. But places like the Philippines, Turkey, and some other locales have already seen the Man of Steel Blu-ray DVD on their shelves and have got it and are checking it out. Uh, but you and I don't have it as yet. So uh, if you haven't purchased it, head to the Superman homepage online store and and grab a copy for yourself. I found it interesting that, um, you know, when the movie was out, the week it came out, it was the the, the whole, uh, the discussion was, how come, for me at least, I don't know if you had this discussion with anyone, but it always seems like Marvel gets these, these, these ripe weekends, these perfect weekends where for the next two weeks, there's nothing. So it wins three weeks in a row as opposed to most movies that have a hard enough time winning one week and then everybody's worried about whether or not it'll do well enough on the second week because mm-hmm. there's other big movies that people want to see. But somehow Marvel seems to block out uh, an entire month where there's nothing really that large going on, and it takes until the second, uh, the third or fourth week before it's even challenged. And yet we had two big movies open right after Man of Steel opened, uh, Monsters University and then World War Z. And Monsters University is already out on DVD uh, here and I suppose in other places as well, And which came out the week after. And Man of Steel came out the week before, and we still have – almost uh, two more weeks before Man of Steel comes out on DVD. So I don't know if it's uh, if it's because there's, there was a lot more preparation they really had to do or if that's just the date they picked or what, what the situation is there. But, um, you know, it seems like it's taking an extra long amount of time based on other movies that came out around the same time. Mm, I, I can only imagine that there would have been some extra uh, time allowed there for... Well, one, the animated short that we just talked about, it's going to be included in the in the release of the uh, the DVD and Blu-ray. So maybe they wanted to, maybe they needed to finish that off and get that done in time to be included on the Blu-ray. Uh, maybe there's some behind-the-scenes stuff that needed to be fin- finalised and put together. Or maybe they just wanted to get it close to Christmas so that people will buy this as a Christmas present. Um, I can only assume that they're the you know that's the reasoning behind some of the uh, the delay that you see there yeah i'm sure but uh it is available uh to purchase pre-order now so uh check that out we will obviously have a number of reviews and things up on the website and scotty and i will discuss uh all the extras and bonus material and that uh in our next podcast so uh end of november we should have had plenty of time to uh check it out uh the two of us so uh, look for that uh, in our next podcast but uh, I guess we now look ahead to some of the stuff that's happening for the upcoming 
well, we're still calling it Superman Batman movie. Uh, it seems to be known quite widely as Batman versus Superman. But uh, we saw some uh, announcements about uh, financing. Um, Rat Pack Dune Entertainment are uh, on board uh, in place of Legendary Pictures, who have stepped aside from uh, Warner Brothers. And uh, this Rat Pack Dune Entertainment seems to be the company that will be helping finance the upcoming movie. Well, what's great about this is, based on what I have read, it seems like um, Dune Entertainment is going to be a uh, more of a back back behind the scenes partner that's financing but doesn't have a lot to say about it, doesn't have a lot of involvement. Uh, whereas Legendary, you know, could do things with the movies that that it was helping to finance. It had some it's had, it had some creative uh, input. It, it it had some control over the way things would work and it looks to me like uh and when you have somebody like Brett Brett Radner who is uh who is involved with this entertainment company, you 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 know your your first instinct is oh great, we got Brett Brett Radner involved or anybody whoever it is, he's going to make uh his own thing here and we're going to have delays because of that and and people's egos are going to get in the way, but it sounds like Brett Ratner is, is completely uh, comfortable with being in the background, and, and of course he's going to make tons of money for not really having to do all that much other than finance. And uh, I like the idea that a new company is coming in that's going to fund it that's not really going to have uh, any say in the creative direction that it goes in. And and also, I'm sure there are other movies we didn't list on the website that maybe aren't as huge, but the ones that you have listed on, on the homepage, Avatar, Black Swan, Life of Pi, Lincoln – are huge movies, award-winning movies, uh, giant effects movies, uh, giant historical uh, epic movies, and then you have Avatar 2 coming up, Avatar, the uh, most money ever made by, by a movie, and, and of course Batman versus Superman. So this Dune Entertainment has definitely been involved with some giant film franchises. So, uh, you know, it's not like they're, they don't know what they're doing. No, exactly. And, yeah, people who were concerned about Brett Ratner being involved there, the negotiations that took place have it in set in stone that he has no creative input on the films, that he is just a you know a silent partner, if you like, in in the financial uh, side of things, along with uh, Dune's Steve Nuchin and uh, Australian billionaire James Packer, who is a well-known name here in Australia in the entertainment industry, uh, with uh, TV networks and movies and things like that, and casinos. So. Uh, Good uh, to see uh, some interesting and new names there surrounding what's happening with Warner Brothers. It's very exciting. I'm 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 looking forward to seeing. You know, in, in a strange way, nostalgic wise, I think I'll miss Legendary being there, but uh, it is what it is. Yeah. Now we have seen some filming already taking place for the upcoming Superman Batman movie. They filmed a football game sequence uh, at the East LA College Stadium. Uh, in mid-October, and uh, it saw the Gotham team versus the Metropolis team. They pretty much did two plays um, where they one was uh, an attacking play by Gotham and the other was a defensive play by Gotham. And the crowd being a pro-Gotham, being it's their home ground, their home stadium that they're supposedly shooting at, were cheering and booing uh, appropriately. Well, we're already, we've already discussed... You know how we feel about the idea of Batman being included. Um, what we've seen and heard so far just kind of adds to that frustration, and, and that is that here we are in a, in a in a movie that's supposed to be a sequel to Man of Steel, and 
what is what some are rumoring to be the very opening of the film is going to take place in Gotham City with a Gotham crowd rooting against who would be our home team in this situation, and that is Metropolis. Um, so, so we already are going to get to see Metropolis being booed, uh, <laughs> Gotham City being cheered, which we already have in real life pretty much 100% of the time. So it's a, it feels almost like another slap to the face, although I'm sure it isn't. I mean, I'm sure that's not what they're going for, no. um, but it, it just seems to be the natural way of things. And um, it is interesting. I, I like the look of the uh, jerseys. I, I like the idea that they're already filming some kind of um, – Peripheral scenes that I imagine aren't going to aren't going to play a giant part in the movie, and I don't believe principal filming has begun. Even though there was a rumor that Ben Affleck was on site and that he did film some sort of an inspirational speech with the Gotham City team. Mm, yeah, it's interesting. I didn't uh, we heard that rumor about Affleck being there as well. I didn't see him. Didn't see any photos of him. We saw photos of Zack Snyder there, and uh, you know, being directing the directing the sequence and what have you. Uh, you know, it would be interesting to see if there was, if Affleck was there, if maybe he was in the crowd, um, you know, whether or not there's some kind of a conversation that takes place between him and somebody next to him while they watch the game or whether or not it's just, uh, an, you know, an action sequence just showing, uh, you know, an opening between the, a game between the two cities. Uh, there's got to be some kind of a connection there. So it'll be interesting to see just how it does play out in the movie or where it is situated in the uh in the uh, continuity of the movie, whether it is at the beginning, as you mentioned, as has been rumoured, or whether it's uh, situated somewhere else at, in the in the sequence of the film. But, um, yeah, it's it's great to see that they are starting some filming. Uh, extras were involved, prizes were given out uh, for people involved, and it was done at the halftime of, of the game there, so they've already got kind of a, you know, a built-in crowd uh, waiting to happen, but they did have extras there with their Gotham or Metropolis uh, shirts and flags and you know, scarves and whatever else they needed to have to wave the colours and and cheer on the, the different plays that uh, they were filming. And speaking of Affleck, uh, apparently, um, and I'm sure this will come as a surprise to all the naysayers who already have a problem uh, with, with Affleck, he was apparently reluctant to take on the role of, of Batman for mm. this film. Yeah, 411mania.com uh, managed to sit down for an exclusive interview with Ben um, and as you say, you said he was re- reluctant to, to take on the role, but um, supposedly Zack Snyder showed him the concept and he was uh, pretty impressed. Yeah, I mean, I could see coming from the standpoint of being an actor who uh, isn't really known for, I guess, having been a uh, really well-received superhero mm. um, and and then trying to step into the cowl and boots of, of, of a person most recently taken uh, by uh, Christian Bale in the Chris Nolan films that were so widely well-received. I could certainly see there being some hesitance on the part of an actor going, what? <laughs> you want me to be the one who has to follow uh, that situation? And, of course, uh, he said that uh, hearing the uh, the pitch and hearing what it was going to be and, and the concept of the film, that it's going to be uh, very different from what has come through the Nolan franchise and, and very different, uh, but but uh, but still keeping in line with uh, the traditions of Batman and, and things that fans will, will like and be familiar with. Yeah, so it is interesting to see that uh, and to hear Ben Affleck admit that he was reluctant, and that would only be natural for an actor, like you said, following on from such a huge 
uh, trilogy and you know successful trilogy at that, and to take on a role that is quite iconic, and you know he, he would have to have imagined that there would be a bit of backlash. He's been casting, but the fact that he wanted to, uh, that he saw what the concept was for the film, and that he was impressed enough by it to be involved. I'm sure the pay packet didn't help, it didn't hurt either. But um, it's, uh, it's, I guess it's a good thing to see that, yes, he decided to come on board because of the concept uh, behind it. Yeah, and I mean, that, that, that bodes well, I think, um, mm. uh, to, to a certain degree and, and should sort of help people to feel maybe a little bit better about the situation and that Affleck's involved and, and what's going on, you know, um, uh, to remind everybody again, he's become a, uh, a movie maker himself in the last 10 years. He's made some, uh, he's directed some wonderful films and he's also still acting and, and he's gotten, I feel much better in his, in his acting as well. You know, uh, a few days ago I watched a movie called changing lanes. I think it was from 1990. Uh, well, I think it was from 2001 or two or something like like that and uh it actually still had the uh the twin towers in new york city which is an unusual thing to see uh, around that time period uh because it didn't come out till april of 2002 i'm just remembering that now uh, which means they had time to adjust whatever they needed to and, and most of the films of that time that that had anything any kind of a connection with that actually uh did their best to edit those things so that it wouldn't be uh, too emotional at that time period i remember spider-man actually had either a scene or a, or a flash or, or something in there and they actually had a trailer going around that included the twin towers uh and then and they they pulled that from theaters when when it happened because obviously that would be a sore spot uh for people but uh, back to the movie changing lanes i liked the movie and i enjoyed uh, the actor uh the acting in it ben affleck and uh, samuel l jackson were both in it and samuel l seems to be in every movie that comes out but uh these days uh, but back then they were both kind of a little bit still raw i felt and I've, I've seen them both improve and and if you go back and you watch you know daredevil or this movie and you watch something like argo you could really tell i know it's easy to just come out and say oh ben affleck he's just gonna ruin it he's terrible he was daredevil this is this that is that uh but that was many many years ago and and and, and things have improved immensely for him and he's he's really honed his craft and and i i i really don't think there's an issue with what ben affleck's going to bring to whatever role it is the question is going to be how the script is what the concept is and how it comes across and then that that's what we're waiting to see. I don't really believe that there's any there should be any question from anybody in the creative entertainment industry that that Ben Affleck can't be involved in a, in a film nowadays. No, but people who shouldn't be involved are people like um Larry David. Um, <laughs> we spoke about this on the live show you and I when you filled in for Michael Bailey a couple of weeks back and uh, the fact that some crazy rumors going around, one of them being that um Larry David that being a friend of Ben Affleck, that Larry David was uh, trying to... Well, he and Affleck were talking about him coming on and being involved in the movie as Mr. Mixius Pitlick. Uh -huh. Now, there is a, uh, I guess, a physical resemblance. You know, he could, he could easily play the character if they decided to include such a character in the movie, but, wow, wow these, these rooms really come out of left field. It would be insanity pure insanity you know i said years ago that that mr mix uh, you know mixie is a person that's never going to appear in any live action version of a uh, a, a seriously taken superman project mm. uh this was before 
uh, Lois and Clark, where where Howie Mandel played him, and and the I, that show was you know it started off like it, it could be a serious take, and then it it got cheesier and cheesier as time went on, and I actually enjoyed the Howie Mandel episode. Um, it was in the fourth season when things had really gone badly for the most part, but uh, it was actually a standout and it was pretty good, and I thought Mixie was well done. But in this. I hate to say day and age, it seems to be a cliched phrase that people use nowadays. And, you know, it's the whole reason trunks are removed and costumes are darker and people are more angry. And uh, I don't really believe there's any way to pull off a character like uh, like uh, Mixer Spidlick. Uh, and, and, of course, Larry David is a goofy looking guy. So, yeah, he could look like him. But what we what, what do you think they would, would, you know, would they use would they use Hobbit technology to make him look small? <laughs> would they? Would they actually film him and then shrink him down digitally and like put him on his shoulder, or what would, or would they keep him normal size like they did with Howie Mandel and with the guy on the Superboy series and Smallville, where they had that Mikhail Mixie's Spidley? Yeah, so that was a very different take, <laughs> and I, I, I get what they were going for. You know, they did that with almost every every character they did, but I could really see it happening with a character like Mixie because he would be so difficult to do in a seriously taken context that that uh you'd, you'd you'd really get into buffy the vampire type territory with with that type of a character and, and i don't think that that's what they're going for these days with shows like arrow and and mm. movies like man of steel and the dark knight it just doesn't seem like a concept that would really work in the films that they're trying to make no but i would love to see a superman mixy film in a children's type of film, you know, where it was something silly and you could definitely use that technology. And uh, I'm not silly as in silly, like ridiculous, but as in, you know, funny kids, you know, the angle. Mixie really is a kind of clown that kids would really, you know, uh, gravitate towards. I could really see an animated, not even an animated, live action movie with digital effects allowing, you know, a with a Mixie story where he's just creating havoc and, you know, sending Superman absolutely nuts, uh, similar to what they did in the Superman the Animated Series, where, you know, it was just totally baffling Superman, and, you know, Superman was almost, you know, pulling his hair out, trying to work out how to, you know, deal with this character. I could, I could really see something like that working in a kid's, uh, in a movie directed at kids. And I love that first uh, Mixie episode on the animated series. I didn't like his other appearances no. as much, uh, but that first one was great. It was comedic, but it was also uh, it, it was showed Superman. And what I love that they did on the Superman animated show uh, that that uh, they sometimes seem to have trouble doing is they really showed that he has a lot of brain behind mm -hmm. his his brawn um because he figured things out he he outsmarted people uh, constantly uh, almost every episode his way of winning was by smarting outsmarting people and i i, I love to see that and of course when you have a prankster character uh, like miscus pidlick you you that's what you kind of have to do and uh it was great the way they brought that about so i i, I tend to agree with you you know if you're if, you, if you're gonna do kind of a um a, maybe a comedy effort that could be pointed toward um, families, maybe like the Lego superheroes type thing, mm -hmm. or or even one of the DC straight to animated films. If you wanted to go, it seems to me that even with those, they're really going serious. There's a lot of uh, blood involved. There's harsher language involved. Uh, it's a, so I'm not really sure there's a place for it at the moment. But um, you could certainly go the family or kids route with that type of a character. No, and did you see the other one about Adam West wanting to play Batman's father? 
I did, you know, and <laughs> unless somebody's making up that quote, at least at least we know that that came from the man's mouth. You know, he at least said it. And what's interesting about it is um, I didn't look at our comments on the site. I almost wonder if somebody already said this because it seems to beg saying, and that is that I don't know that Adam West had to do any studying up on the character in order to play his version of him in the 60s. <clears throat> and I love that show for what it is, but it doesn't sound to me like like he really has an idea of the character of Batman. No. Because the whole point in the character of Batman is that his, his father dead. was killed <laughs> and his mother was killed. So unless he's going to play him in ghost form or in dream form <laughs> yeah. or in flashback form, there wouldn't be any way for him uh, to, to play the father of uh, Bruce Wayne. No, but uh, that's where things are at with the upcoming Superman Batman movie. Uh, there's, you know, as you said, some filming going on. I guess we'll hear more more casting announcements and all that kind of stuff over the next few months, so we'll just wait and see. But uh, in the meantime, the 75th anniversary costume tour of Superman is doing the rounds, and as we saw Superman Batman filming at a football stadium, uh, the costumes tour seems to be going around football stadiums. Yeah, I've seen it. Um, you know, I'm on Twitter, and they have... Uh they have a man of steel twitter feed or whatever and they uh, they update what's what uh, stadium they're going to and they and they show pictures from it and how it's set up and one of the ones that i saw was a uh, was a new york giants philadelphia eagles game which was on october 5th and uh, i wanted to go to it so badly because it's only about 2 hours away from where i am but i couldn't afford tickets and couldn't find anybody who who wanted to uh, lend some pity to a superman fan uh, i put it on facebook that I was looking if anybody was looking to get rid of tickets or wanted to take someone who really wanted to go but uh, it's interesting because uh, as you mentioned um, previously you and I saw um, the actual Superman costume mm-hmm. at the uh, after party for the Man of Steel premiere in New York City but this this has lots of other costumes this has the Chris Reeve costume this has uh, Zod's, Zod's costume and and um, uh, uh, Fiora's costume so there's a lot more to see that that that, that you and I haven't seen and yeah. I really want to see that yeah there's uh, Dean Kane's costume the uh, evil Superman if you like to call it from Superman 3. Uh, uh, the black costume from Man of Steel the, in the dream sequence. So a number of different uh, costumes that are there included in the Superman 75th anniversary costume tour. So if you're in the area where the tour is taking place, where it lands in a city near you, at a stadium near you, definitely try to get across and, and check it out. Uh, it's uh, a rare opportunity to be able to see these costumes up close, take your photos, uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's a fantastic thing they're doing. It is, and uh, something. Uh, speaking of fantastic things, Mad Magazine has uh, come out with uh, some parodies, <coughs> parodies for Man of Steel, in a, in their most recent issue. Uh, have you seen this? No, I saw the preview that they posted online. I haven't been able to pick up the uh, latest issue of Mad Magazine. I used to buy it as a kid all the time, but um, even before I read Superman comic books, I used to buy Mad Magazine. Uh, but uh, we saw that uh, special that they released around the time of the movie. But uh, that didn't. That had a you know a few Superman things in there. But this is a, um, a you know their actual parody of the story of Man of Steel, of the movie story, and it's included in their latest in the October 2013 edition of Mad Magazine. So definitely worth checking it out. I think it's called Man of Veal instead of Man of Steel. 
Seems like they waited an awful long time to uh, come out with this. Uh, yeah. You know, in relation to a movie that came out five months ago or whatever. I guess there's, you know, a lot of um, planning ahead, printing time, all that kind of stuff, you know, doing the art, doing the, the, the printing and all that stuff, getting it out into the um, into the marketplace. So the, uh, for all I know, that might happen with every movie that, you know, it takes a few months after they've seen the movie for them to write it, draw it, get it printed and get it out into the uh, on newsstands. Yeah, I haven't seen a Mad Magazine in, in quite a long time. Uh, I might check this one out just at the newsstand and just look at it just to see that particular uh, skit. Because even the title, Man of Veal, is it's a very, very silly kind of lowbrow humor. So I don't know that it's I don't know that it's for me, but I, I might take a look at it. Yeah. Now, uh, not on our topic list uh, for discussion, but uh, just as we're recording this. The Justice League War t- trailer debuted on IGN. Did you happen to ke- check that out? I haven't watched the trailer. I, I spent my afternoon catching up on my comic book reading. I, I see that it's on the page, so everybody should go and check that out if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, I'm not a fan of the look of Superman in, in the trailer here. He's uh, He looks like a beefhead again. Uh, he looks like a Sylvester Stallone in, in the new 52 costume. And I'm not – it's not the costume that bothers me. It's just the way that he's uh, drawn. He's just very, very brawny and, and kind of doofusy looking. Yeah, it's uh, – the, the audio quality in the trailer is not that great. The dialogue is very hard to hear. I'm not sure if it's just this version that's been posted on IGN, whether they you know didn't get uh, you know a completed, refined – version of the trailer it runs a minute and 30 seconds uh, hopefully when warner brothers make it available to us as a download that we can post on our own youtube channel it uh, will have fixed those audio problems but uh, it looks quite good superman uh it, you know it's based on the jeff johns uh new 52 relaunch uh the origin story of the justice league so uh dark sides involved um i actually like some of the dialogue that superman has especially in reference to Batman um, in, uh, in this uh, trailer. So uh, check it out if you have a chance, and uh, hopefully we see more in the month ahead uh, from Justice League War. Looking forward to it. I'm, I really have been enjoying these, uh, these DVD features uh, that have gone direct to, to DVD. They've been, they've been getting better and better, so this should be, a, should be another good one. Okay. Now, uh, speaking of things that are released to Blu-ray and DVD... Uh, I haven't seen it yet, but uh, they DC Entertainment released a documentary called Necessary Evil Supervillains of DC Comics. It's just been released. I haven't got my copy as yet. Uh, I don't know if you've been able to catch it yet. Uh, Scotty, uh, did you happen to see this? I didn't see it. Was this was this released? Uh, was this on television, like the uh, like the the superheroes uh, documentary on no, PBS? I don't or? Think it, no, I don't think it's been been shown on TV. I think it's just a um, a director DVD uh, Blu-ray thing. Uh, so I, yeah, I don't think you've been able to catch it on TV yet. All right. Well, I'll definitely have to check that out, as should everyone else. For those of you who might be interested in how to become a supervillain, <laughs> it requires a little more than a giant mustache that you could twirl. I'll just I'll tell you that. Yeah. Now, it does include some great interviews with people like Zack Snyder, Kevin Conroy. Uh, I think even um, Richard Donner is also one of the guys interviewed for this. And, you know, it looks at uh, some of the most terrifying villains of DC Comics, including the Joker, Lex Luthor. Bane, Black Adam, Black Manta, Catwoman, Darkseid, Deathstroke, Doomsday, 
General Zod, Sinestro, the Suicide Squad, and many, many more. So check that out. You can also order that from our online store, Necessary Evil, Supervillains of DC Comics, out now on Blu-ray and DVD. Also out on DVD now as we move into the TV section, which happens to be a short time period this time around because not too much is going on these days on TV. Mm. Superboy Season 4 is now out on DVD. Yeah, the Super, uh, Warner Brothers Archives uh, released Superboy Season 4, uh, and they've currently got signed uh, copies by Gerard Christopher himself for a limited mm. time, available at wvshop.com. So check that out uh, if you're interested in purchasing the fourth and final season of The Adventures of Superboy live-action TV series from the 1980s. Uh, with Gerard Christopher as Superboy. Uh, from all accounts, I uh, was never really a big fan of this TV series, but from all accounts, season four is the best of the four seasons, so definitely worth checking out if you're a fan of Superboy. I'm going to check it out. You know, my start on the Superman homepage was, um, as far as my memory, as, as, as I started by uh, reviewing the first season of Superboy, mm. which which was hard to get at that time, but uh, we, we, we started it, and I think in the middle of my reviewing that, it actually then came out on DVD, and it was released in conjunction with Superman Returns at that time, yeah. and there was a long period of time where people didn't expect there would be any more, you know, it didn't sell all that well, it wasn't that well received, uh, and now here we are, uh, just a few, a few, just, I don't know, seven years later, <laughs> and uh, the fourth season has finally come out, and uh, what a long, strange trip it's been. Yeah, now WB Archives uh, print for like their they they create the DVDs based on the orders, so um, and they're not readily available. You can't just walk into your DVD store and pick them up. So uh, if you want it, go to wvshop.com. I'm sure Amazon and our own online store will have it soon. But uh, if you want an autographed copy by Gerard Christopher, and I said there are only a limited number of those available, head to wvshop.com and pick up yours now. Now, in some sad news on TV-based news, uh, Filmation co-founder Lou Scheimer uh, passed away in October. Uh, he, For many people, Filmation was their uh, introduction to Superman cartoons with the 1966 New Adventures of Superman series, uh, which was followed by the Superman Aquaman Hour and the Batman Superman Hour Adventure, or whatever the exact title was. Um, and while we weren't born at that time, you and I, uh, those cartoons were repeated and, and rerun on many uh, Saturday morning TV uh, uh, section, and I remember them fondly. I don't believe I have ever seen them. If oh, I'm wow. being, if I'm being completely honest, I, I uh, looking at some of the uh, some of the still shots that I've seen. Um, when advertisements for that type of thing come out, I, I don't believe I have ever, ever seen them. But I have, of course, seen uh, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Yeah. Uh, I've seen some other filmation uh, shows. You would think that I would would have partaken in, in those, but of course not being born in the 60s when it was on and uh, somehow not being able to catch it on any of the reruns if it was ever on. I don't remember ever really seeing them on anywhere, but... Uh, I'm looking forward to when I eventually get around to seeing those on DVD. Wow. Well, the uh, Great Scott segment is actually introduced by some Filmation footage and the music and the 
whole thing with the S and the great Scott underneath is uh, is taken from the new Adventures of Superman cartoons. So uh, definitely worth checking out because uh, you have a connection there with them. There it is, a direct connection. Uh, I, I thought they might have been from there because, again, I wasn't familiar with where you got those clips from. But uh, uh, interesting. Are the uh, are they? Would you say that they are more along the lines of a Super Friends kind of goofy, or or is there is there is there a um, uh, kind of a serious tone to the metal. No, I think they're a bit more serious, and the animation is a little bit better than the Super Friends cartoons, which obviously came about oh, 10 years later or six years later. 73, I think, was the first Super Friends cartoons, where these were in 66. But the thing about these that I love is the fact that Superman is voiced by Bud Collier from the radio series, and um, and he uh, the, the cast pretty much returns from the 1940s radio series to do their roles in this animated series uh, from 1966 and the stories are a little bit more serious not as goofy as the super friends so uh, well worth checking out i imagine they weren't able to get the rights to uh, although they it looks like they have aquaman on here uh on the picture we have on the website we have the Lushimer uh creating the filmation generation book and superman is not on the cover yeah it's interesting but- but Aquaman is because there was a Superman Aquaman Hour of Adventure produced by Filmation, so um, uh, yeah, I don't. Maybe he's on the back cover. I'm not sure. Perhaps. But uh, as we say, uh, our our uh, condolences go out to the uh, Shimer family, and 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 lots of great things uh, coming from uh, the gentleman who was a co-creator. Yes, the co-founder of Filmation. So uh, our condolences, as you say, to his family and friends. He was aged 84. All right, moving into our comic book discussions. Uh, you mentioned this superheroes documentary that uh, showed on, I think it was PBS, uh, yeah. was uh, called Superheroes, a never-ending battle documentary, and it covered, uh, I think, three hours of uh, Golden Age, Silver Age, and then uh, Modern or Bronze Age uh, of the, the history of, of comic books and superhero comic books. Um, I haven't still seen it yet. I can't get onto their website to watch it because I'm not located in the U.S., uh, but uh, I believe you caught uh, that uh, that that uh, TV airing. I did, and I enjoyed it very much. You know, I heard a couple of people on the site uh, say that they weren't impressed. Uh, Matt was okay. I heard somebody say definitely worth a watch, but but nothing uh, fantastic. I actually found it to be. Uh, very well produced and very Superman centric. All three hours were there was a huge influence um, of, of of Superman and, and Superman history, and they would go to another hero or another movie. But when they were finished with that one, they'd go back to something about Superman, and then they'd go to a different hero. But it was always Superman in between. Like almost every segment would would be introduced with something related to Superman before we went into the next. Part. And so there was a lot of uh, Superman uh, uh, history. There was a lot of uh, Jerry and Joe. Uh, there was a lot about the way things came about there and how things went. There was a lot. There were a number of things about the uh, lawsuits and, and when they were when they were given their yearly stipend and, and how uh, people were satisfied with that. And, and even the editor at the time was satisfied that that had happened. And there was a lot about the death of Superman and how that came about and how big it was and and just the influence of Superman in general and how so many other uh, comic book, obviously, superheroes wouldn't even exist if it weren't for the success 
of Superman. So that because then suddenly everybody said, well, we got to have superheroes. And they started having superheroes. And we all know a lot of this stuff. But it was interesting to hear from all of the industry uh, people that, that were involved. You know, they have them all being interviewed on there. They're much older now, but they were there when it happened mm. and they were involved. And it's a very, very uh, interesting uh, documentary. I, I highly recommend it. Yeah, if you're in uh, the USA, you can watch it at pbs.org slash superheroes. Um, it does include, as you say, interviews with people like Stan Lee, Adam West, Linda Carter, and uh, many others, so uh, well worth checking out. Uh, if you want to buy it on DVD and Blu-ray, you can do so from the Superman homepage online store at supermanhomepage.com slash shop. Uh, it was released on October 15th. Now, uh, New York Comic Con took place uh, since our last um, podcast. Uh, there were a few tidbits to come out of that. Uh, lots of artwork, a uh, few spoilers in regards to what might be happening with upcoming comic books in the Superman world. Uh, supposedly uh, a new Superboy, the death of the current Superboy con. Um, Supergirl may be leaving the Superman family. Lots of different things coming out. Yeah, um, you know, you mentioned one thing in there that I'm not not a particular fan of, but uh, you know, I don't I don't know that we need to talk about that now. We don't have too much information on the death of uh, Khan or or how the new Superboy is going to be. You know, I've only read the, uh, I guess, press release that uh, Wolfman Wolfman is going to be taking over and it's going to be a different Superboy, which seems to indicate that uh, there's going to be some sort of um, I don't know, passing of the torch or death that that results in a different person coming forward. And I guess on one hand, I'm I, I haven't enjoyed the Superboy uh, arc since it launched with New Fifty Two. I don't believe there's been one book I have enjoyed. Um, so maybe maybe that's maybe that's what's going on, and and maybe that's what they feel needs to be changed. I know when the death of Superman happened. And, and when some of those characters were successful, they tried to spin them off, and Superboy was out for a while with his own book, and then that went away. And then fairly recently, they relaunched Superboy, and then, of course, that went away to make way for the new 52, and we got a new number one, only 20 or 18 or something issues into the last new Superboy series. And I don't know that it's a character that's really ever going to grab people the way that it seems like um, uh, Superman fans and apparently dc wants it to because they keep trying which i guess you gotta you gotta give them props for trying but but it, it seems like they're having a real difficulty making this character um vibe i don't know in the current setting of of superman comics yeah and uh it seems like the all the different titles all the different things that are going on at the moment don't seem that there seems to be a superman for everyone but none of them seem to be cohesively connecting the character which I thought what that was the point of the new 52 was to you know wipe the slate clean make it easy for new readers to come in but at the moment you've got Superman and action comics you know they're doing the whole return to Krypton or Krypton returns thing and and at the moment Superboy and Supergirl comics will connect with that but as we mentioned there's going to be a change in the Superboy books it's going to be the future son of Lois and Superman who is going to be the new Superboy who is a villain uh, there's going to be uh, Supergirl supposedly leaving the Superman family of books. You've got Superman Unchained, which is practically an Elseworlds and you're not really related. You've got Superman Wonder Woman, which exists, but in it's pretty much in its own world. doesn't even seem to be connected with the Superman books or the Wonder Woman books. And the same goes for Batman Superman, which 
is kind of doing its own thing as well. So they're... And then that all kind of sounds a bit like what's happening with The Adventures of Superman, which is a continuity-free standalone <laughs> book, um, but and, and is intended to be on its own and for readers who don't want to have to deal with continuity. But it doesn't seem like there is any continuity currently or in looking ahead for the Superman family of books. They all seem to be doing their own thing. Yeah, I mean, I for years we've we've clamored away at at let there be continuity, let there be connections, let there be a story that goes on. You know, let us see from one book to the next that there are repercussions from what happened before. But maybe with comic books, it's just not that easy to do, and and maybe people just aren't that interested. You know, with with uh, you know ADHD and 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 people who who have so many things going on, and and they want to have their their imaginary fantasy time split between 17 different things you know me myself i know trying to read all these books i lose track of where the story is in action because now i'm in superman number 24 you know mm. and i was in action 24 it was different and i'm and it's been so long since i read the annual where lois lane quote unquote died and now I'm picking that up and going, well, wait a minute, she died, but now she's in a coma, but I don't know what's going on and I'm confused. So I think you're right. You know, when they launched the new 52, the whole idea was to make it less confusing. It was supposed to be more accessible to people. And and I am a comic book reader and have been a comic book reader. And it's very difficult for me uh, to access where they're going with a lot of what's going on. So I can only imagine how, if there are any new readers, which I'm not really sure that there are, um, how confused they must be or how, how impossible it is to follow every book. So maybe maybe the whole idea in, in, in today's comic book realm where things are digital and, and you can get them instantly and maybe it's just we'll pick what you want and just read it and, and you know, don't you don't need to worry about following triangles that go in number order or, or, or knowing what happened last week in order to know what happened this week. And of course they're still trying crossovers, which many people for many years have, have, have uh, called gimmicks in order to get people to force people to buy other books that they wouldn't have been buying and, and it makes sense. You know, the hope is that they'll buy Superboy because it's connected with this return to Krypton and when they read it they'll go wow I really like this too and now that I like this story and I, I see how good it was I want to continue uh, following up on Superboy's adventure so now I'll buy the Superboy book I don't know how often that happens but um, I, I get the point I know what they're going for and I, I, I can see how sometimes doing a company wide crossover event or something like that might get new readers to books who wouldn't have otherwise looked at them but it also makes people feel a little bit angry because they're forced to go out and find number three of a series they're reading in a book that they never would have even thought to look at that they, they got to now go by because it's a continuation of something that they read in the last book. And not a lot of this has to do with anything at New York Comic Con other than they did announce some of the upcoming story arcs that are supposed to happen and then some of the things that are going to go on. A lot of the artwork that came out. I really liked, you know, was I, now that I've read the the Batman Superman book and the Superman Wonder Woman book, I I love it. You know, I love the artwork in general, but uh, these were just panels I was seeing and I was really impressed with a lot of the artwork that came out and it does seem like they're the artwork is improving to mm. me. All right, well let's try to make sense of some of the comic books that came out this past month. Uh the first issue of Superman Wonder Woman um, I quite like this story, and so did our reviewer, um, who uh, was uh, Ralph Silver, who uh, gave it a five out of five. Um, it uh, it was uh, quite an interesting story. I liked the relationship, the the dialogue between the characters, 
um, you know, Superman going off to, to save one thing and then needing Wonder Woman's help to go do something else. And it uh, it was quite good. It was. It was very good. And I, I, as I was saying about artwork, I really like how the book looks. The art is very... Very good. You know, Superman and Wonder Woman both look fantastic. You know, Wonder Woman looks beautiful and, and Superman looks great. And uh, I like the way they they have them together. You know, it reminded me a lot of previous uh, continuities where Lois and Clark would have these types of conversations. You know, yeah. uh, do we always have to be a secret? You know, are you embarrassed of me? Uh, are you embarrassed to be, you know, this kind of thing um, happened in, in this story. And, and it reminded me very much and, of course, made me feel like seeing this and knowing that whether we see it break down or not and whether we actually see the Lois and Clark relationship develop again, which I imagine someday we will, it reminds me that nothing that we see here is going to matter because it's not a permanent relationship and it's not something that is going to be uh, remembered. Uh, generally, uh, you know, 50 years from now, no one's going to say, well, Superman and Wonder Woman are, are a couple or they love each other. The idea that Lois and Clark are the couple and have always been is you know, everybody everybody knows that. If you know Superman at all, you know that Lois Lane's his girlfriend. So it's yeah. it's kind of a it's a thing and I get it. And, and and again, going back to what I was saying before, it's it's possible with all these combination titles, you know. I think Batman's the only character that doesn't have difficulty selling for DC, but teaming up Superman with Batman and teaming up Superman and Wonder Woman, two floundering franchises that may have fans, but if you combine them, maybe now you'll actually get a book that sells more closely to what they wanted to sell. So, uh, and it is a good book and it is a good read, a uh, well, very interesting kind of a strange ending that wasn't expected other. I mean, you could look at the cover and kind of take a guess, but, uh, not sure where that's coming from or where that's going, but it's very, uh, very interesting. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to reading number two. Yeah. It should be interesting to see where number two takes off, uh, having ended the way it did with the very first issue and a surprising one at that with uh with doomsday but uh we will wait and see where that uh where that goes and, and looking forward to seeing the continuation of this uh, new ongoing monthly now moving on to as you mentioned the other team up book batman superman the fourth issue was uh pretty much a who can grab the crystal um story in regards to this all-powerful crystal that seem to, uh, you know, they, they all had different opinions of how or why it should exist or whether it should exist and who should deal with it. And um, it was interesting to see how the Earth 2 Batman and Superman dealt with uh, the New 52 uh, Earth Superman and Batman who were younger, less experienced. Um, you know, Jonathan and Martha are alive in the Earth 2 version. Um, I thought Wonder Woman is kind of was shoehorned in there a little bit in this story but um, it was interesting to see the the whole playoff and the whole way that these characters dealt with each other yeah I I, I didn't enjoy this as much as I enjoyed Superman Wonder Woman number one I, I do like the interplay between Superman and Batman I do like how they try to one up each other I do like a lot of Batman's dialogue you know it is true he has a lot of cool things to say so I can see where a lot of the Bat fans Say he's the coolest superhero or whatever. He's kind of like the Wolverine of the super of the uh, of the DC universe. He's the one who always has something smart to say. He's the one who always has something uh, wise to crack. You know, uh, he's the one that's always kind of insulting people in a in a way that m they might.
might not understand as an insult, but you get it as the reader. Uh, so it's very cool to see that back and forth, but I really found this story confusing. I didn't know who was talking half the time. I didn't know which Superman we were referring to. I didn't know which Batman we were referring to. And again, it's uh, it's also trying to read it in the midst of reading all the others. You know, years ago, I used to let my books build up for six or seven months, and then I would read all of one specific title in order. Mm. And then I would read all of the next title in order, and I would make sure that a story was completed before I started reading another story because – I feel like things get disjointed. You forget where things are. You forget what happened in the last story. And maybe that's just my mind. Maybe that's just you know the way it works. But uh, this one, there was just so much jumping around. I didn't even remember that there were two Supermans and two Batmans until I was to, you know the third page. And then I'm like, oh right, they were from another universe. And I don't know if it's because I don't read Earth to the book, but I didn't I didn't get a lot of. Things that were, you know, the, the the demon says at the end, you know, you guys are going to die and they're going to survive because they were greedy and they wanted power and you weren't. And I don't know if Earth 2 is destined to be destroyed or people are destined to die or if that's already happened. I don't know what exactly is going on. I don't know what this crystal is. It just seems like a let's just put a crystal here and say that everybody needs it or wants it and it's very powerful. Um, but where did it come from? What is it? What's the point of it? What 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 exactly is, is going on? So I, I felt that that it was – you know, we're talking. We talk about the new Fifty Two and how it's supposed to be accessible to uh, new readers, and, and maybe new readers would find this great because it has both Batman and Superman in it. And as I said, Batman is very cool, and the the, the Superman from Earth Two is very confident and very cool. The Superman from, I guess, our Earth, the new Fifty Two Earth, is kind of played off as a doofus, and and I don't like that. I've never liked that. Uh, I do like the artwork, though. They look—it's a different kind of style from any other book that I've seen in in the DC Comics pantheon. And it's—it's not—you know—it doesn't look cartoony at all, and it's not—they're um, not overly defined, but they look a little uh, Norman Rockwell esque, and I like uh, the way the way they look. So I, the the panels are beautiful to look at. The coloring is beautiful, and some of the dialogue is really great. But the story didn't do much for me. You could make an argument. As uh, people have said, you know, some of the editors have said when fans came out and, and, and made the complaint that how can they how can they be getting together in this book when this is supposed to take place before they met each other in Justice League? And people said, oh, well, that'll be explained. You know, you'll find out. It'll make complete sense. At the end of this particular arc, their memories have been wiped of, of, of what had happened. But then they go back and they show uh, Clark Kent and, and Bruce Wayne meeting um, not – necessarily knowing that the other is a superhero. So mm. there, unless that happens at the end of every story, though, I'm not sure how that's going to continue or how that can be cleared up in terms of them supposedly not meeting as superheroes or not knowing that each other exists. Yeah, it's interesting. It's going to be, if, it will be interesting to see how that plays out and where this book continues on to and whether or not it jumps forward in time or, or what will happen, whether, you know, now that this first arc's kind of over, how, how it will play out and where issue five onwards will go but we'll uh, we'll wait and see but uh enjoying it so far um and we move on now to the mainstay superman books and pretty much for the first time we're actually seeing uh action comics number 24 and superman number 24 continuing on the same story the Psy war um saga which uh is kind of crossing well part one part two 
um, you know, were directly involved with Action Comics 24 and then Action and then Superman number 24. And this is with uh, Dr. Psycho, uh, not, what's his name, Psycho Pirate, um, and Lois Lane being in her psi form, and uh, Hector Hammond and the Queen Bee from Hive uh, all coming together to, uh, to do this massive, uh, you know, fight trying to save Metropolis while the Psycho Pirate is trying to uh, take over everybody's minds for his own purposes. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it as I was reading it. Uh, it's not a great story, but, um, and I, I, you know, I read it this afternoon and I already don't remember what happened to Psycho Pirate. I don't really know how it ended. I, I kind of remember Superman being shot off into space to go on to return to Krypton, but the story itself seemed to kind of be a throwaway, kind of a, uh, you know, here's Queen Bee that not too many people like in the old continuity and, and seemingly don't really like too much in this continuity. And and uh, here she is and we'll throw her in. And here's a Green Lantern villain that we're going to throw in here for no particular reason. And here's Psycho Pirate, one of the dumbest named uh, villains that I've ever heard of. And, and here's Dr. Psycho, another a psycho named a uh, villain. And, and, uh, and here we got the whole hive and we got all these people that are controlled psycho kinetically and whatever it is. And, you know, it kind of crosses over into Superboy and it, it was a, it was, a, it was, again, it was an okay story and it was almost like a, you know, we talk about those one shot filler issues where big bulky villain comes to town, starts destroying things. Superman takes them out. And then we move on in the next issue to a bigger story arc somewhere that has nothing to do with that. Uh, and this was a few parter, say, you know, three or four parts to this story that I don't necessarily think needed that many parts. No, well, I think the one big thing that did come out of this was Lois Lane knowing now that Clark Kent and Superman are one and the same, whether or not that will last, whether or not she'll come out of her coma with those memories well, remains to be seen. I would imagine not. I think it's another throwaway moment of drama that isn't going to matter. Uh, and I think it's it seemed to me pretty clear that she's back in her coma and when she wakes up she's going to be normal uh and and it's going to be as if nothing had happened yeah. that that would be my guess and yeah. psycho pirate in whatever situation he's in now having the mask removed he also isn't going to know his identity it's all stuff that was done for this particular episode but won't have any lasting uh effects moving forward now talking about psychos you mentioned psycho pirate he's actually involved in the superboy number 24 issue which uh Psycho Pirate and Dr. Psycho was the other one who are both involved in this story and uh, it was kind of interesting that they mentioned that, you know, Psycho Pirate mentioned the fact that he's in multiple places at the same time which kind of answered the question, well, how can he be over in Superman number 24 and Action Comics 24 as well as Superboy 24 but I guess uh, he's, he kind of mentioned that, that he can split his, you know, his persona up into multiple locations to to be involved here and there and uh, seemed pretty powerful, but uh, again, not the biggest or greatest story for Superboy over there in number 24. Yeah, as I said earlier, I, I, I we've had 24 episodes of this Superboy comic and I, I, I don't think I've enjoyed one. I don't... It, parts of it or said at points, you know, this one was a little more interesting than some others, probably because of the crossover with the other one that I had already just read. I also think... 
it's out of order or maybe it's in order. I don't know how they expect it to be in terms of order. It seemed to me that I should have read Superboy 24 before I read Action and Superman 24, but I did not. I read Action, then I read Superman, then I read Superboy. Uh, I'm not sure if that's wrong or not, but it, it seemed like since Psycho Pirate is still operating and, and still in complete control in Superboy 24, but he's not at the end of Superman 24, it seems like I should have read that before yeah, I got into the adventure. The because uh, Superboy 24 came out in between Action Comics 24 and Superman 24. Ah, there you go. Well, there you go. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it would be interesting to see what happens now with Superboy moving forward um and whether how it all wraps up but um again not the greatest uh addition for the superboy title not the greatest uh inclusion not the latest chapter in his ongoing story will be interesting to see um how connor plays out in the in the coming months it might be interesting or it might just be <laughs> it might just be another fad yeah. from the beginning <laughs> <laughs> now supergirl number 24 <laughs> Uh, saw the continuation of this Inoxia story where Zorel, or the cyborg Superman, is fighting off Brainiac, trying to get time, trying to uh, make time to be able to help Supergirl, help her escape. Uh, so Zorel doesn't want her to know that he's actually cyborg Superman, and Brainiac's trying to get Supergirl because he wants to study her Kryptonian radiation. Uh, but uh, this whole kind of thing, it almost gets a reset button at the end. Yeah, I don't like this at all. I, I'm not a fan of um, Zor-El being Cyborg Superman. I'm not a fan of of uh, Cyborg Superman being pirated, if I could steal from the Superboy title, and uh, and turned into a Zor-El. I just don't like it. I don't know who came up with it. I think it's bad. I think it's I think it's uh, bad all around. I don't I don't think it's a. I get the idea that they wanted to kind of surprise you and shock you and, and make you go whoa at the end of the one episode where we find out that he is uh, Zorel. But uh, but once you get past that, I think it all breaks down. I don't think it makes any sense. I don't think there's any connection to the original Cyborg. I I I, I really just uh, don't like it at all yeah. <laughs> uh, you know and, and uh, dr psycho and the superboy title uh, and we're in the new 52 so characters are different very different dr psycho than from from the guy that that anybody who's familiar with the character at all has known from the past this is like a little boy with strange powers that uh, somehow uh, hijacks him from other people and becomes dr psycho Whereas the other guy was a much more menacing uh, kind of goofy because he was a midget or whatever, but he was uh, a little more dark and a little more um, scary, I thought. Mm-hmm. And whereas this guy's got a got a weird look, and he's uh, it seems like he's a little, supposed to be a little boy, and 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 this whole thing with with cyborg and and kind of hijacking him and making him something he never was. I, I guess I can see the connection with Brainiac and see how that could have been done. But I said to you last time around, it makes no sense that they would suddenly put him in a Superman uniform and call him Cyborg Superman. It's just dumb. Mm. I, I don't see any other way to, to really explain it. There's no reason why Brainiac would name something he created Cyborg Superman. And there's no reason why Zor-El, who never met Superman, would call himself Cyborg Superman. And there's no reason why any of them would be wearing red and blue and a big S on their chest. Yeah. Uh, I don't like it. 
Okay, don't hold back. Just tell us what you really feel. <laughs> well, sure. <laughs> All right, well, that's our comic book discussion. Uh, we've hit the main titles this month. Um, out in the real world, it's a, you know, this issue is being released as of uh, the podcast is as Halloween's happening. So um, we've had... Were you the, scared? Yeah, we've had the theme, the Halloween theme on the Superman homepage for a while, for a little bit now. Uh, just to celebrate that, and um, I guess a few kids will be out there dressing up in their Superman costumes, Supergirl costumes, uh, maybe a few Zod masks out there because uh, Ruby's have released a whole range of Man of Steel Halloween costumes uh, based on Zod, Fayora, and Superman. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, not that Halloween's that big here, but it'll be interesting to see uh, some photos. Uh, I've already seen some Superman pumpkins out there with the new Man of Steel symbol etched into them. Uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how many kids out there uh, dress up as Superman this year. Let me just make a plea, mm-hmm. and I'm going to make this plea to everyone in America. Let's 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 take a page out of our out of our Australian brothers and sisters notebook that says, "Forget about Halloween." <laughs> <laughs> let's take that page and let's learn it. Let's study it. Let's let's make an effort to memorize it. Commit it to memory, and next. Halloween, let's just have it be the end of October. And just to say, oh, look, it's the end of October. Instead of saying, oh, look, it's Halloween. It's a pain in my butt. Okay? <laughs> okay. Costumes and walking around and kids and it's dark out and it's cold. It's also at the worst time. Halloween should be like August 31st, not uh, not October 31st because <laughs> it's cold. And you get these costumes and they're short-sleeved and the girls have skirts. And it's like, how are you going to wear this? And how are you going to put your – winter coat on underneath your costume you're supposed to be a a superman or you're supposed to be batman or supergirl you're wearing a skirt you know big giant mittens and gloves a hat and you know your coat's out you got a scarf and well oh look underneath all that i can see there's a supergirl s it's just a terrible terrible time terrible sounds like you just got your whole scotty great scott uh, rant right there in, in uh, audio form instead of video form. Uh, yeah, it's quite possible. I mean, I'm I like my what I'm going as. It's very simple, but uh, it's a I have a we have a Breaking Bad theme, my wife and I. But right. it's basically just to walk around with the kids, and mm. you know, and it's going to be cold. A couple of weeks ago, it was warm, and you know, and now not. Well, here in Australia, perfect time in the uh, middle of spring. It would be it's it's Halloween. Uh, I, I guess we should pick it up, and you guys forget about it. I got it. We'll trade with you. You have it. We won't. You know, uh, my daughter just had seven cavities filled, and we don't even have that much candy around here, and now we got to have Halloween. Oh, great. All right, well, let's move into our big question segment. Before we do, actually, we've got a fan question. Uh, Asim wrote in and asks this question of, our, of, of you and I. He says, hey, guys, great show, new to the show, and great stuff. My question is that how come Superman and Clark Kent ages quickly from child to, a- to an adult, but then he go. Then he ages at a much slower pace during adulthood. For example, Dark Knight Returns, Batman Beyond, Superman is still fairly young. Can you explain this, Scotty? Well, uh, I think this question has come up before, and I think usually the answer is just, uh, well, it's just uh, that's the way it is. He's you know, as old but, as he uh, needs to be. <laughs> uh, I think that it's if you look at the way people age in real life, um, your your shortest time period is when you're a child into your teens and then you become an adult and then for the rest of your life you're that same adult and it doesn't really start to break down until you're 
late 40s, 50s, sometimes even 60s. A lot of people are really athletic and in good shape and looking looking good and, and able to do the same things they were able to do uh, in their 60s as when they were in their 30s. So there's still a long, much longer period of time where you know, your looks don't even change all that much. You know, a lot of people from age 25 to age 40 look almost exactly the same. You know, mm. if you compare pictures, you can sometimes see uh, some minor differences. But because he's uh, super powered and because he's a Kryptonian who seemingly, uh, you know, maybe their lifespan's longer anyway, I think that that's just, we're just seeing an exaggerated version of the human condition, which is. Uh, led out the way it is on him because he has superpowers and because he's been enhanced and his DNA is different than ours. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you look at the first 20 years of your life, how much you changed to the second uh, 20 years of your life from 20 to 40, the change is a lot less uh, obvious. Uh, and as you said, uh, being a Kryptonian, he really, in current comics, didn't get his powers until he started going through his you know, puberty, through his teens. And so it's you know similar to the way... Um, you know his powers grow from from that period. Uh, I guess his in his his aging helps. Uh, you know it helps in his aging as well. So um, you know as from from birth to a teenager, he grew as a normal person would. And then as his powers kicked in, I guess the the uh, the, the whole aging thing pro process probably slowed down a bit. But as you said, as you get to your twenties, uh, for the next twenty years, you don't change too much. Maybe a few more wrinkles. Maybe a, you know a few few uh, your hairs a little bit less or recedes. Uh, yeah, but um, other than that, you don't change too much from 20 to, to 30 in your looks. That's right. That's our excuse. That would be it. Yeah, that's the best I can do. It's going to be interesting to see Henry Cavill uh, 35, 40 years from now playing uh, Superman and how he won't change. <laughs> yeah, I don't think uh, he'll be able to build as many muscles. But, uh, you know, what, who knows? Uh, they can do who whatever knows? they do with mag movie magic. All right, that's right, let's move into our big question segment. start with the big question last month's question was what is your favorite version of superman and why yes we've got a few responses to this one chris franklin writes in and he says my favorite version of superman is superman the movie from 1978 i was only four years old when i saw the movie in the theaters but the combination of donner and company's epic scope and reeves utterly believable and sincere performance forever set in stone what superman is to me it is still my favorite film to this day I was also four when I saw Superman the movie in yeah, 1978. Yeah, so that leaves an indelible, uh, uh, you know, uh, imp yeah, impression is what I was looking mm. for. But yeah, uh, you don't really forget that kind of thing, and it's really stuck with me my whole life. Apparently, uh, without me even knowing it, subconsciously, I'm, you know, a giant Superman fan my whole life. Probably because of that at four years old. Wow. Hector writes in Smallville because this show made me become a 100% fan of Superman, which led me to buy comic books and other Superman-related items. Yeah, great. That's excellent, Hector. Uh, it's good to see that uh, people who were fans of the TV series Smallville jumped on to uh, check out Superman in other forms. Um, the Evil X writes in and uh, says, Personally, I would have to agree with Steve in that my favorite form of Superman from all that I've experienced would have to be the 1940s radio show. I just love the way it has Superman being super secret about his deeds. I love the over, overall the way the show, radio show feels, and I love the cockiness of Superman over the villains. Uh, excellent. Glad you, uh, you agree with me there. 
Uh, Arnie H. wrote, uh, hello, Steve and Scotty. I'm a 50-year-old Superman fan. I grew up with Kurt Swan and Murphy Anderson's version of Superman in the 70s, but it was the fabulous Neil Adams covers on Superman and action comics that I mostly enjoyed at that time. That being said, my favorite version of The Man of Steel has to be the 1990s Tim Daly animated hero. I thought those stories were terrific and really captured the heart of Superman. I so wanted to continue enjoying Kal-El's story with Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. I thought the artwork and George Newborn's, Newburn's voice were all great, but these stories turned Superman into such a wimp. As a Superman fan, it was hard to watch. I sure hope Superman is treated better than that in the upcoming Batman vs. Superman film. Steve Scotty and Michael Bailey, too. I want you guys to know how much I appreciate and enjoy the weekly and monthly podcast. Thanks so much for all you do. Thank you, Arnie. Yeah, thanks, Arnie. Very nice answer there, and thank you for your kind praise. Danny C. writes in from Seattle, says... After thinking about this for several days, I still have to go back to Christopher Reeve as my favourite. His complex portrayal of the Superman set of Superman set the bar. Not only did he have the strength of character, but the ability to be moral without coming off as preachy. When he told Margot Kidder that he that she sh- really shouldn't smoke, it doesn't come off as a talking down to her, but more like we can all be super. This inspired me to do the right thing, regardless if it is cool or not. Thank you, Danny. Mm-hmm. Argent L writes, Hi Steve, hi Scotty. For me, it will always be the Kurt, Kurt Swan Superman and the Christopher Reeve versions of Superman that I love the most. There was just such a kindness and grace and humor that radiated off these versions of the character. That's not to say I don't like other versions. Certainly the Superman 75 short highlighted so much of the best in such a short time. We live completely spoiled and that's fine by me. Thank you, Argent. Uh, now Tom Spielman writes in, Hey guys, This question sure wasn't easy, but I think I have an answer. My favourite Superman out of all of them is definitely Christopher Reeve. When I first saw the 78 film, fireworks of joy were going off in my head. I was thinking, this is Superman. Reeve was a big part of that, and his performance is absolutely essential to making those movies work. Well done. Thank you, Tom. Looks like Christopher Reeve has uh, won the day. I would say the uh, universal winner, Christopher Reeve, uh, and, and, and as uh, my life growing up was a huge part, and I still smile when I see a scene or when I watch part of the movie when it's on TV, or if I sometimes I go to YouTube and just do a search and just watch a couple of the scenes. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's fun to watch still. Definitely. All right. Next Our month's new big question, new big question yes. is: uh, What was your favorite part of the Superman 75th anniversary animated short, and why? Yeah, there's two minutes to go through. Check out uh, the video again on the website and let us know what your favourite part of that two-minute Superman 75th anniversary animated short was and let us know why. And we will uh, play or read those out here in our next Radio KL podcast. And you can do that by clicking on the new big question found at the Superman homepage and sending your entry in. You can even record an audio answer and send that in as an MP3 file, which we didn't get one this month. But uh, we look forward to seeing your responses to this new big question. And, uh, Scotty, what was your favourite part? I know you've listed some of the things that you didn't like. Uh, what, was your, what was the best part of it for you? Uh, I'm going to pick two. And one is uh, seeing him lifting that green car over his head on the cover of Action 1, uh, Spring to Life, and uh, the whole thing gets going. And my other was uh, seeing the actual fight between Doomsday and Superman because I, I, I have not seen it animated better at any other time. Cool. Yeah, I, uh, again, got a bit of a chill seeing the uh, the Action Comics number 1 cover come to life and Superman you know, throw that car away and spring forth from the cover. And uh, then I liked seeing the, the Fleischer 
you know, Superman ba battle through the uh, the mechanical robot. I like that uh, that early era of uh, of Superman, and um, yeah, that was probably the two highlights for me. Although I did love seeing the Henry Cavill animated uh, ending as well. That uh, that was great to see as well. I would love to see an animated series uh, based on. Oh, you know, I yeah. said it. I said it back when uh, Christopher Reeve was Superman. Why can't they do an animated series that's more? you know realistic looking and actually has and i know they have it's a time issue and it's a budget issue but yeah. a, but a, but a, but a series uh with henry cavill's look as superman i think would be great i'm laughing at you you hear laughing we've got a new segment of the show a uh, suggested to us by our, uh, our our good friend patrick james aslan who um who suggested that we do a comedy sketch segment here on Radio KL. Uh, no, it's not going to be Scotty and I doing a comedy sketch. I'm going to say, wait around until Steve and I get our uh, top hats and canes. We'll be back in just a second. This is, uh, there's been lots of comedians who've, uh, or, you know, little skits and sketches done about Superman over the years. Uh, we're going to kick off uh, this new segment with Bill Cosby, uh, the great Bill Cosby, a very funny man, uh, with his comedy sketch about Superman. Have a listen. We find Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for the Daily Planet, walking the streets when from out of nowhere a super hearing picks up a robbery. Give me your dough. Quickly dashes into the phone booth. Starts to take his clothing off there. Quickly a cop comes up. Yes? What are you doing in the phone booth? <laughs> I'm changing clothes, officer. <laughs> you can't change clothes in the phone booth. Come out of there. Who do you think you are, anyway? I'm Superman. Right. Bring a wagon in, Charlie. <laughs> Come out of that phone booth. Look, I told you I'm Superman. Can't you see this red S on my chest? Right, let me give you a red S and a black eye if you don't come out of that phone booth. Well, he is the great Bill Cosby, uh, one of my favourite comedians and actors of all time. And there was much rejoicing. <laughs> Yay! All right, uh, let's move into the super secret soundbite uh, section of the show. Only one thing alive less than four legs can hear this frequency. Last month's sound came from a deleted scene in the movie Superman Returns. Only two people guessed it correctly. They were Nelda Mormon and Sergio. Yeah, difficult one. If you hadn't ca caught the bonus material on the Superman Returns DVD, Blu-rays, uh, you probably wouldn't have seen that uh, that scene between uh, Martha and Clark as she's about to go off on her date with uh, Ben Hubbard. But um, it's an interesting one and deleted from the actual theatrical release of the movie. But that's where our super secret soundbite came from. And congratulations to those two people for guessing it right. Let's see if more people can guess where in the world of Superman this new sound comes from. The only thing we can hope for is that they'll grow tired of the geek life. Well, if you think you know where in the world of Superman that super secret soundbite came from, use the super secret soundbite entry form found at the Superman homepage and send your entry in. Each person who guesses it right will have their name read out here on our podcast. Yeah, I thought it was strange when I saw that only two people had guessed uh, correctly 
and I looked and saw it was Superman Returns, and I thought, oh, I guess a lot more people really, really disliked that movie than I thought. <laughs> and then I realized that it was a deleted scene from the movie Superman Returns. So we just get we get deeper and deeper into the uh, uh, you know sound effects that we play. So uh, great job, uh, Nelda uh, and and Sergio, uh, actually getting that from a uh, from a rare deleted scene from Superman mm, Returns. Very tricky. <laughs> Let's move into our Superman song. This month's song is Superman. Imagine that. By Robin Thicke. It's a bonus track from the UK version of his 2006 album, The Evolution of Robin Thicke. Yeah, you now you... Check, uh, yeah, oh, sorry. Right. I was just going to say, you might uh, know Robin Thicke from his current big hit, uh, Blurred Lines. I know you want it. Yeah, that one. I know you want it. But, um, yes. You are about to say? Robin Thicke. Yes, RobinThicke.com. That's with a capital T and a capital R. RobinThicke.com. You can check out uh, whatever information he has there on his website. And uh, I guess take it away, Steve. Yep, here is Superman by Robin Thicke. Something I can live, live for And everybody wonders what's the change They don't recognize me Cause I got so much to say And I never thought anyone could love someone so much That they give up on everything Ooh, babe I'ma be there to take care of you I'ma be there when you cry, babe I'ma be there when you need someone to tell you that you're beautiful, baby oh. I'ma be there when you need someone to run with I'ma be there when you need someone to dance with I'm your lover when the skies turn gray Every day till it's beautiful, baby oh. Till it's beautiful, till it's beautiful, baby Till it's beautiful, baby I'm a butterfly when I'm in your hands You can turn the pavement into wise sand You can make a moment, a memory in a glance And I can't believe anyone else And everybody's talking, but you always keep shining You never stop glancing me, babe And I never thought anyone could love someone so much That they give up on everything There's a million people underneath the sun 
back and find a million more and never find the one. There's a girl who DJs and a socialite. Was on magazines and was the shy type, baby. But I'm a superman thanks to Lois Lane. Kissed away my problems when I went insane. Fished me from the bottom when I lost my name. Uh, not as popular as his uh, current hit, but uh, Superman song, nevertheless. There it is. I mean, hey, it's, it's good to hear that. Yeah, now, uh, if uh, you have a song that you would like to suggest, uh, you can send in a request using the Super Secret Soundbite feedback form. Uh, perhaps there's a, um, a topic you'd like us to discuss. Maybe there's a big question you'd like us to ask of the fans. Any of those, uh, a comedy sketch you'd like to suggest, any of these kind of suggestions can be sent to us using our email addresses. Mine is steve at supermanhomepage.com or you can email scotty at scotty at supermanhomepage.com and we will try to use your suggestions in a future podcast. But for now, that is our show. Yes, indeed. Thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, thanks for... Uh you know, keeping our show the most popular Superman radio show that's recorded on this day, this month. Uh, we'll look forward to talking to you next month. And remember, it's me, Scotty V, some pretty face beside a train. You've been listening to Radio KL, brought to you by supermanhomepage.com. 